What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Blog Talk Radio. On a mountain, in a valley, I see only God. In hardship, I see Him by my side. In ease and well-being, I see only God. Like a candle, I melt in his flames. Amidst the sparks of the flames, I see only God. Namaste, my friends. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. Uh, This is Mara. I'm sitting here in Calusa, California, and I'm now going to have Brian, who is sitting down in... uh, I want to say Ontario, but it's, I don't think that's right, so you can correct me. Corona. Uh, Brian, uh, welcome. Thank you for joining us this morning, everyone. Hello, everyone. Hello, Mara. We are here only to be truly helpful. We are here to represent her who sent us. will not about what to do or what to say because we know she who sent us will direct us. We are content to be wherever she wishes knowing she goes there with us. We feel as we let her just be healed. Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for being here, Brian. Brian, uh, before we start, we we generally have a few minutes. Um, it's kind of amazing. I think that um, people connect with people through the ether. Actually, we're, because we're connected with everything, it's really just parsing out a part of the whole. That's what psychics do. That's what seers do. Uh, that's what uh, people who are empaths do. They just parse out a part of the whole. And Brian and I used to talk a lot, but I, I don't know. He's always on my mind, and I always feel connected uh, with him because I think that we have that kind of link in the whole that uh, brings each of us here on Sunday mornings. Brian had, as you all know, his first time when he stood in front of a group and um, Praise love. And Brian, tell us a bit about that experience. Well, it was rather interesting. Um, besides being a very, very, very um, wonderful opportunity for me to like, go on the next step, if you will, because I've been doing the radio for about a half now, and that is one step to get to, because for me, even doing the radio was something that I didn't want to, I didn't feel comfortable in doing. And it was a big step for me to just step, step up and start doing the radio show as it was. And now this next opportunity that I had for standing up in front of people live was an, another breakthrough thing that I needed to do. 
and it was a wonderful opportunity for me. So besides that wonderful gift, I in the in the days leading up to doing the filming, for me when I do my radio shows and anything I do nowadays, I don't want to have a um, script to work off of. I want to be in the flow because that's what it's all about. And so I don't bring with me any kind of writings of any kind that, that guide me along on what I'm going to say because the idea is to get into the flow like that that um, little affirmation or prayer that I, that I say at the beginning there is that we don't have to worry about what to say or what to do because he who sent us will direct us. When we're getting into that flow of the higher mind, then it is guiding us on what to say and what to do. And if we're relaxed and at ease, then it's going to flow very easily. But if we're holding on, if we're being a little fearful, if we're being concerned or a little controlling, then we're going to block that flow, and then we're going to stumble over ourselves. We're going to give the ideas that we think are the right ideas to give, instead of the ideas that are most beneficial to everyone involved in the room at the same, at the right time, and we get into the flow as we give away our control. So, the, so even though I have that knowingness within inside me, in the days leading up to it, I did find myself at times kind of not wanting to write things down, but kind of trying to, to get ideas in, into my head of what it was I was going to speak about. And I had many, many ideas, and of which I poured into each each one of my meditations each morning. So those, that was really fantastic because my, my meditations got really good flow through them and whatnot. And then, like, the day before, um, like, before the Sunday of last week when I did the sermon, um, this, like, I don't know, stream of thought came through me that was a couple minutes long that was just so profound and so wonderful. I was like, oh, this is fantastic. And so then the day of, when I get there, the service starts at 10.30, and I didn't speak until 11, so we do our singing, and then we do our meditation, and then I get up there and do it. So then the the meditation, the woman who was leading the meditation, it was amazing. I, I tell you, and I kid you not, that the meditation she did was word for word what had come to me the day before. I kid you not. It was amazing. I was going, oh, my God, this is exactly what... I, th- I thought I was going to stay when I got up on the pulpit. So then I was what like, wow. So then oh. what it told me, this is what it told me literally in the moment, was uh, it, it, you could think of it this way. That was for you, but because you've been holding on to it so long and worrying about it, we're going to pass that on to her so that you can be free and clear in the moment. And so, you know that you're perceiving correctly that this, in fact, is the topic that you should be speaking on. There's such an affirmation in that, too. Mm-hmm. You know, that your instincts are right. And, and you know what? I consider all of those times, I'm going to let you finish your thought, but I, for our listeners, I consider all of those moments when there are coincidences that affirm what I'm sensing or feeling um, as the affirmation from God that I can trust the... Um, some people call them gifts, I call them obligations that I've been given, that my instincts are right, my heightened six senses are correctly perceiving. So that's wonderful, even before you got to say a word. So now go on, please. So then I had to, basically with that affirmation and what came to my mind is to let go of that because it's now been said already and you're not going to stand up there and say the same thing, to, get in, to, let, that, to let what you were trying to hold on from the past even though what I was holding on from the past 
was, if you will, positive, I had to let it go anyway so I could be free and clear in the moment and let what it needed to come through me without any distortion, without any trying to control what I should be saying to flow. And that's exactly what I did. And as I mentioned, it was a fantastic, fantastic flow that everybody enjoyed very, very much. And when it was all over, um, everybody came up and, and gave me congratulations and told me that they really enjoyed the message and <clears throat> that it was um, that everybody benefited from from the time. Yes, yes. And none of that surprises me, and but I'm overjoyed that it all happened. I think as the uh, we started hearing the countdown for the show to start today, uh, we were talking about the idea that when people um, let us know that what we say and what we do is of value and helps them, it gives us that encouragement to keep going on because every word, in my opinion, Brian, I'd be interested in yours, but every word has already been spoken. Every concept about loving your neighbors as you love yourself has been advanced. Everyone has tried, every time there have been people, every time there have been people who have tried to help others remember the value of as you love yourself. Many times those people have been uh, shunned. They have not been listened to. um, And or they may have been listened to and they may have been led astray. And every time someone is led astray into what I call megalomania, uh, thinking about themselves and forgetting they're not delivering God's message, they're forgetting they're not delivering their message, they are delivering God's message. I almost said that wrong. Uh, during those times, uh, people use that instance to justify not listening to anyone else. And so it is so meaningful when someone lets you know that, that you've touched them. You've touched them. And, and I'm going to say this for Brian because I imagine he may be too shy to say for himself. But Brian has been identified by someone who's writing a book uh, about transformation and as someone who touched her, as one of the people who inspired her and helps her to live her life. And, and these things are wonderful. They're wonderful. And uh, so I encourage those of you who are out there, if you have someone whose words you like to hear, such as Brian's, I mean, he gives such service. Every morning he's up there at 7 o'clock. Do you do Sundays too, Brian? Do I do Sunday morning shows? At 7 o'clock, the meditations? Yeah, my gosh. Yeah, seven days a week. Sunday morning, then he comes back here on Tuesdays in the afternoon. He goes and works with uh, Barbara Reynolds. Is that right? Do I have the right name? Right. Yeah, that's correct. Barbara Reynolds. And, yeah, and my and I don't have any notes in front of me right now, which is I'm praising because I sometimes do write down something so that I can remember. Uh, you know, I'm getting a message. There's a lot going on here, even though it's not mind-boggling, you know, with the screen and everything else. But um, I sometimes write words down. But the bottom line is that look at the service that Brian is doing, and it's the kind of service that we all should be doing a clap our hands for uh, and a thank you because it's uplifting. 
It's inspiring. It's encouraging. It's full of promise. So, Brian, I thank you, and I'm going to clap for you right now. Thank you very much, and I'm glad last week's experience was positive for you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. You're welcome. You're welcome. Today's topic, my friends, is the devil or evil cannot stand up against a single spark of light. It's uh, a topic that is somewhat inspired by St. Francis of Assisi, who talked about the idea that the darkness ends with uh, just a flash of flint. And I think so many times uh, we don't uh, we don't recognize the value of of evil. When and I may have said this story before because I feel like now I've come to a place where, as I said at the beginning, there are not too many new words, but all the words still have value, and the experiences that I've had, you know, still relate in different ways. And when I was studying Judaism, because I knew that I could not be caught in a faith where month by month, week by week, sermon by sermon, I was hearing a very narrow idea that only Christians and Jews were going to heaven. You know, that Christianity is is a sect of Judaism. Um, I guess I didn't know very much about Jews, um, but somehow in my mind that wasn't going to be part of that lesson, maybe because I had a friend who told me that wasn't part of the lesson he learned. And quite frankly, if you really look at the words, if you really feel the spirit of a church, that's not part of either of those faiths. But it doesn't mean that words aren't said that cause people to feel that they need to be indebted and wed to a particular dogma in order for God to love them. And one of the most profound things that the rabbi said to me when I was studying with him was, the devil, or he didn't say the devil, he said Satan. Satan is God's right-hand man, his favorite angel. So, Brian, I'm going to pass the baton to you. To speak on the light. The devil is, yes, and the role of darkness in helping us see the light. Well, as we know, in practical science, in practical everyday living, that if you walk into a dark room and you turn on the light, the darkness does not prevail the light prevails, and the light shines forth, and the darkness is no more. And as we notice, there is no battle between light and dark. For instance, when we turn that light bulb, when we turn the light bulb on and the light switch up, it doesn't have this battle to where it's making its way, making its way, and it's pushing against the darkness, and half the room is now lit, and half the room is dark, and it's this ensuing battle of forces to see who's the greater force. It's very evident that the light prevails. And the light is is pretty much the way we can talk about it in a spiritual term, if you will, 
is no longer hiding from what is real, no longer looking at something and deceiving ourselves and telling ourselves it's something else. For instance, I don't normally get into politics, but I've been watching some television recently and just seeing what's going on out there because I've been interested to see some of the views of, of what people are saying and whatnot. And I had noticed that people, that some parties are fighting against other parties just for the mere fact of fighting. Even though the other party might be doing what is best for the country, the other party just is fighting against them for the fact of fighting against them because they're against that other party. And that's a counterproductive thing. And so often we do that ourselves. We do that in our own experiences. We fight just for the mere sake of fighting. And as long as we continue to fight, and we don't even have a reason to fight, not to say that fighting is the answer, we are shedding darkness everywhere. But as we open up and we realize that what we're doing in our experience is not beneficial to ourselves or others, now we're shedding light onto the experience because we're looking at the experience. So in other words, when we can look at something and take out our emotions from it, take out our preferences from it and look at it from a neutral standpoint. That's shedding light on something. But to be able to do that, you have to make space. You have to be willing to look at something and say, okay, I want to get a bird's eye view of this situation. I want to bring nothing into it that is going to skew my view, skew my way of experiencing it, and let the experience show me what it looks like. From that space of willingness and openness, We're shedding light onto everything. And the light, as I spoke of earlier, shows darkness to not be real. So the moment that we can look at any situation and experience in this way, we can see where our errors are, where the darkness is, because we were hiding or, you could say, manipulating ourselves so strongly to a particular situation that we weren't able to see beyond the error in our minds. Because so often... We do that to ourselves, to myself in the past, where I would act a certain way, think a certain way, say a certain thing. But, and then one day I find myself regretting and then, and then beating myself up for for saying those things or doing those things. But then I began to realize that the moment we recognize an error that we've made, whether it was just, just now or years ago, we're already in a different frame of mind to be able to see that error. And the moment we can see an error, light has been shown upon it. So there's no reason to beat ourselves up over it and therefore bring darkness back into the equation. So as we just notice our errors and and declare to ourselves that we're not going to make those anymore, we're going to move forward and we're going to make the corrections, then we no longer bring darkness into the equation and light shines into the experience. And as we know, that when light shines into the experience, there is a freedom, there is a release from the heaviness of darkness in our experience, and we're able to enjoy life fuller, and we're able to enjoy the connection with all of life, that part of us that is connected to every part of life, every cell, every atom is connected at the center. And as we start to bring light into the equation, we get closer and closer into the center And we feel, instead of fighting against people, we say, okay, how can I work towards a better experience for everyone involved? My 
particular desires are set aside, how can I help the greater whole of, of humanity? When we start to take that um, aspect into our desire as to what it is that we're going to do, then we're shining light into the situation rather than saying, I know what's best and I'm going to get my way done because that's what everybody needs. So let's get it done. That's resistance. That's control. And that's darkness. Yes. Yes. And we. the thing is, um, we need to have, we have some souls that have provided us an opportunity to forgive, for want of a better word, and to... Um, see the light, to see, you know, to be more than we might have been a moment ago. I, We are never the same being, ever. We're always changing, and it's only in the moment. That's all we are. We're right here, right now. And I sometimes think that we forget that we don't have to be perfect because in our imperfect or dark moments, we may be giving another person an opportunity to show us the light, to teach us, to help us grow. And in so much time, we, so much of our mind and our time, we spend focused on things that, are, that have been done and or on, being, on things that have been done we want to show we're right about or things that have been done that someone else is judging differently was our intent. And many times when we start getting caught up in fighting against the perception of another, we end up moving into, as Brian said, the darkness. And so the devil is, the reason the devil is God's uh, right-hand angel is because the devil is the darkness that gives us choice. Evil is the darkness. Satan is the darkness, the concept of Satan. I don't know if there's actually a Satan. Probably, I doubt it. But, you know, the concept of, of Satan only has meaning in life because when we're dead, we all move together and become part of the glorious light. But in life, evil, D apostrophe E-V-I-L, the devil, gives us an opportunity to make a choice in favor of the life. So experientially, if you want to use Neil Donald Walsh's concept, experientially the soul gets an opportunity to feel that wonderful, wonderful choice and peace of being in the light. If you want to use Don Miguel Luis's, uh, Reese's, excuse me, not Luis, Reese's uh, concept, uh, it is that you choose peace over being right. And and suddenly when you're starting to allow everyone to be right, uh, people's self-esteem builds. This week I had occasion because someone had written something that I didn't necessarily agree with, but I also know that people's perceptions are as as valid as the truth because that is their truth based on all their life experiences. So every one of us, Every soul on this planet, every human being on this planet has times of light and times of darkness. During our times of darkness, we're providing another opportunity for someone else to show us the light and recognize the error of our ways. 
interestingly, many times we end up being two competing dark forces, trying to be right, worried about what other people are thinking, determined to prove that we are good, honest, rule followers. We've got it down, and we give up that. Uh, We move into the chaos. I call it the chaos. Uh, Brian, I think, says out of the flow, though it's the same thing. You know, we move into the chaos of righteousness, the chaos of thinking my faith is the only faith that God, my people are the only people God can love, which creates a gigantic gap in the rest of humanity. Gigantic gap. I came across this passage this week that I wanted to share with you because in many of the sage old wisdom of the world, it's sometimes not clear what we should do. There's not a clear directive, a a good travel map that you can use to get from one place to the next. And yet, the circumstance that we live in is, once again, all words have probably been said. I believe all words have been said. All concepts have been advanced in various different forms. Many times the same concepts, in fact, probably always all of the same concepts are um, said in a different way because each messenger recognizes that they have to make an adjustment for their group. So St. Francis of Assisi talked about darkness and flint and a little spark. We we said something different here today. Jesus uh, talked about turning the other cheek turning the other cheek, turning the other cheek. And ultimately, after you've done it 40 times 40 times 40 times 40, then you turn your back and you walk away. You just dust the sand from your feet. You still don't rise up to kill, to harm, to maim. You just allow that person to be. Let them be. I guess, in essence, you let them be right. Now, in the Dhammapada, I thought this, age-old wisdom is such a clear path. I loved it, and I love that I was brought to it this week. People speak badly of you. You should respond in this way. Keep a steady heart, and don't reply with harsh words. Practice letting go of resentment and accepting that the other's hostility is the spur to your understanding. Be kind. Adopt a generous standpoint. Treat your enemy as a friend. And suffuse all of your world with affectionate thoughts, far-reaching and widespread, limitless and free from hate. In this state, you should try to remain. Yeah. Let us look at the word devil. As we've put in the show, we can put a hyphen in there and say the evil. And we can look at that as the evil of man, the evil of man, if you will. And then we could take a look at this word evil and put the words 
or the letters in reverse. And it's spelled live. So therefore, evil is the word live backwards. So to be evil is to be in opposition of life. To be trying to put an end to life. So whenever we fight against something, whether we are fighting against someone's physical well-being or mental well-being or their freedom to choose what it is they believe in, we are fighting against life itself. And this is evil. And as we said last week, as Mara pointed out so beautifully, that it was the Dalai Lama who said, that if it was man's nature to kill, that we'd be dead long ago. Life is the nature of being. Life is your nature. So as we, as it was, oh, his name is escaping my mind. Um, he said, can't we all just get along? Why can't we, we all, just be friends? <laughs> yeah, right. As we all come to working together for the benefit of all parties involved rather than fighting against for the sheer sake of fighting. All evil, all fighting, all resistance falls away. You see, there's one thing we really don't realize in this world on a grand scale is that this world is made up of 6.5 billion people. And together we make up the actions, the behaviors, the beliefs, and all the wars that we fight. As we come together rather, rather than stand against one another, then we can build this world together for the greater good of all mankind. But because we choose that my what I think is right, and if it does, if you if what you think doesn't fall in alignment with what I think, then it's wrong. And so I'm going to do away with you or make fun of you or dis, um, empower you, make you look like a fool that no one's going to listen to you. And we start to make our lives based on tearing everybody else down. But our li- if our life is about tearing everybody else down, then we're spending, we're spending our time being in that space of tearing other people down. And therefore, we're not advancing in our own experience. Because for you to experience the fullness of yourself doesn't require you to step on or step over anybody else. Yes. Actually, to get where you want to get to, really, the space that you want to be involves helping each other up so that they can, like, just like Mara has been saying, in our moments of darkness, it's the opportunity for someone else to shed the light back to us. If we feel like it's all on us, and we got to do it all by ourselves, then whenever we are in darkness, we can fall a long, 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 long ways because we're not allowing other people to help us, to support us, to move us through the times of our own darkness. And so as we stop separating ourselves from and saying, I've got the only truth and everybody else has to listen to me and I've got to turn this whole world around or whatever we're thinking to ourselves of being... Our way is the only way. <coughs> and we start to look for the commonalities between everybody's experience. Then we stop separating ourselves from, and we join back with the 
wonderful experience of coming together and living rather than dying because we were fighting. Yes, yes. And I think um, a couple of weeks ago, it it was kind of interesting because it arose in a personnel standpoint, but um, a manager was describing for me how he views his department. And, uh, you know, you could make the same discussion with how you view a soccer team. You can make it with how you view any organized activity, whether it's work or it's play, is inevitably you have a group of people who are coming together to, to move forward, and they become a body. You know, they become an entity. But like with a soccer team, I used to coach soccer, and I always would have people think, especially the parents of the little boy who was really good at making the goals, he was the most important part of the team. But if, you know, if we didn't have the rest of the team, the people to pass the ball to him, the people to stop the ball when it's being uh, delivered by an opponent. If we didn't have the whole team, the whole body, we wouldn't have had goals. We wouldn't have had a winning season. So even if he might, in fact, be the heart of the team, I needed every part of the team. I needed the little finger, the the baby toe, the big toe, especially in soccer you need the big toe. And I needed the whole part. And so it was very interesting to me that uh, this this manager was describing his department as a body. And he says, I think that people have lost sight of the fact that we're all one body together here. And so we want to drive our team, in this instance, to to realize these goals that we have. And it doesn't matter what role you have in making that happen. What matters is that we're all important because the body is not complete without all the parts. Now, if you take that, because I happened to look at the chat board and I saw the dark question. She says, I'm not sure that I agree Satan is the right angel. A hand angel of God, but I'm interested to hear other opinions. Let's talk a bit about that for a moment. Because what the rabbi was saying to me was that Satan, evil, darkness, brings a person to a place where they get to turn to God. They get to see the light. If we didn't have darkness, then everything would be the way it is on the other side, and there would be no reason for us to come here. We come, our souls break apart, so we are each individual divinities. That is the hardest challenge for people to believe. We don't want to believe that we are the children of God, even though we've been told that so many times. Because of the fact that if we are the children of God, that makes our behavior, our choices, more important. Because if we believe God is love and we are the children of God, we are particles of God, then what should we be? We should be love. And we all know we're not. So Satan's role in that regard, if there is, let's say the darkness's role. Can we all agree on darkness? Because Satan is is a concept that man used to create and codify or justify a fear that God didn't love everyone. 
since I know that God loves everyone, every one of us, how could he not? We're his children. Which one of your children are you willing to cut off and throw away? Which part of the body are you willing to give up? You know, that guy over there, he's just a little toe. God's willing to sacrifice a little toe? No way. We all know we want our toenails. We want every part of us. God's the same way. God, all of us are parts of God. So darkness, so let's get past words that are used to create separateness in us so that we can move together like Brian is describing. And so what darkness does is it gives you the opportunity to make a choice, a choice in love. It gives you an opportunity to to be silent, to turn the other cheek, you know, to let go of the resentment, to let go of needing to be right, to let that other person be right, even if you don't agree. And if that what that other person is doing is harmful, then obviously it gives you a chance to stop the harm. And that's a very fine line, and you really need to be in the flow when you make those decisions. But I will remind all of you of the story of the littlest angel. Um, I love it because it says so much about all of us. It says so much about the role of evil, of darkness, of Satan, of the devil in our lives. A group of angels were together, and this is Neil Donald Walsh's, and you just get the thumbnail radio version. A group of angels are assembled together, and they are uh, talking with God. And a very small angel comes up who has not been to this planet very often, or any planet very often, who has not had experiences, who has not felt the rush of taking the high road, of making the right choice of coming to a place of recognition that, oh, God loves me, I'm safe. I'm safe. No matter what happens, even if I die, God loves me, I'm safe. And who has not come to the place of recognizing that we manifest into our lives the life lessons we want to have. So this little angel comes up to this group of angels, and they were all beautiful, beautiful, experienced angels, had probably nothing they could experience again, ever. And the little angel says, tugs on the coat of God or rope of God, using human concepts. They work, huh? God, God, I want to, uh, I want to forgive God turns gently and says, little angel, there's nothing to forgive. Everything is okay. Everything is good here. But I want to forgive. I'm sorry, little angel. There's nothing to forgive and forgive here. Nothing. It's perfect. We're at peace. And the little angel knew that was true. That was true because when we're with God, all is well. He turned his back and he went away, scuffing his feet, probably not as high as self. Remember, there's a little bit of the devil in all of us. And this old, luminescent angel 
just so pure that the energy around him, his aura, is iridescent and gold. Steps out of the angel group and says, little angel, I'll let you forgive me. The little angel turns around and is excited and his wings go up and he flies up in the air and he's overjoyed and he says, and the old angel says, but I ask only one thing in exchange. You remember who I am. That's the challenge, my friends, when we face Satan, is to remember that evil in someone else is coming from someone who is a part of God too, who's part of the body. And if you can keep that in mind, and we don't always, but when we can keep that in mind, it softens our approach to other people. So that when we come face to face with evil, with Satan, Satan, we are presented an opportunity to look at this person, look at this experience, and remember, on a mountain, in a valley, I behold only God. In hardship, I see him by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melted amidst the sparks of his flames. I beheld only God. All of us are God. All of us have come here to help other people experience the joy of recognizing and re-membering with God. So therefore, every moment, every person gives us the opportunity to come back into remembrance of who we are by recognizing the remembrance of who the other person is, a direct reflection of God. When we're looking for that beyond the words, beyond the thoughts, beyond the behaviors of others we will begin to see the light. That's all that we need to do, is to look for the more than what people are showing us. And remember, we're all part of God. It really is. Brian, on Friday, I began with... Uh, the listeners in my meditation program, creating a circle of love where people were forgiving themselves for their times. Because remember, our control, my friends, is only over each ourselves. We have no control over others. And basically, maybe forgiving is the wrong word. People were thanking those opportunities that they've had where people have had said things to them that have caused them to step back and reevaluate who they are so that they could be more 
they were almost, it's counterintuitive, but they were thanking the misperceptions as opposed to the perceptions, as opposed to the accurate perceptions. And as we did that, we began creating a giant, giant circle of love that people, every time they would cross their breath and they would breathe in and out and they would send loving energy through their right hand and through their left hand or their left hand and right hand, on which either side of them there was God. And as they did that exercise, they began to fill themselves up with their divinity, their value, their worth, and with the perception of love that they want to generate to others. And I want to, for this moment today, I'd like us to treat that circle because it is enduring. It's always there. And I'd like all of our listeners to join that circle. And as you come in, reach out your dominant hand and take the hand of God as you know God to be. And then I would like you to reach out your non-dominant hand and take the hand of your neighbor's God, as that person knows God to be. And I'd like you to feel the energy as it's flowing through your hands, reminding you that you are loved just as you are. And as that energy is going around the circle, the circle is beginning to light up like a giant string of Christmas lights. And they're sparkling lights because the energy of your breath is going to cross. It's going to go out through your right hand and your left hand. And so periodically it's going to come back in two directions with your full breath to you. And your light is going to sparkle. Your soul's beautiful luminous light is going to fill up the globe of love that you are in, the safe globe. And you will begin to see the dissipation of the light as we send love around the planet. And as we get into the circle and all of us are sending love, all of us are sending affection, all of us are trying to send a message that if we are forgiven, and love is limitless. And in that, against that background, Brian, I would like you to lead us in meditation, if you would. I'm going to pick a little bit shorter piece today because I would like us to be able to say goodbye to everybody be, rather than just have the music play them out. And I'm going to use Randy Lee's Church Unwind. I used it on Friday, and it's appropriate to use that same sound as we move through this process. Whoops, before we start, I see someone is here on the line, so let me bring that person in. Excuse me. Hi, um, I see you're on the line. Is there something you'd like to say? Who are you? This is area code 604 that you're talking to. This is area code 604. Yes, it is. Where do you live? I live in uh, British Columbia. My name is Tanya Kay. Are you Mara? Yes, I am. Hi, Mara. It's nice to meet you. I'm just basically checking out blog talk radio shows. I will be opening up one soon. But what caught my attention 
day when I was looking through the menu of programs was the devil cannot stand up against a single spark of light. I'm a highly trained demonologist. I ran centers for 30 years in the States, and I trained people in life skills in the field of psychic phenomena. And the first thing that handled with clients were the outside influences that they had that were plaguing them. And your statement is absolutely correct. I just wanted to tell you that. I'm just oh, so happy. Tanya Kay, how wonderful. Thank you. Go ahead. So happy to see that. I, I just couldn't believe I actually read that on a menu on a radio show. So Thank you. Thank you. I'd like to introduce you to Brian. He is my co host. We live at different ends of, of California and um we try to uh have topics that inspire people to be their highest selves and love themselves. The tagline for our show is uh you are enough. You are okay. Oh, that's so. great. Brian, it's nice to meet you, sir. Thank you. Nice I to appreciate meet you, Tanya. it. I'm, I'm glad that you're going to be starting your own show. We need more and more, more, more people shedding the light on this work. Thank you. I'd we like really do. Much. And uh, Brian's going to lead us in meditation. Tanya Kane, we'd love to have you stay on. We're, we've got a circle of love we kind of started the other day. And um, it's going to probably take us real close to the end of the show, but it will it will be good. Uh, Brian's a wonderful leader, so let's uh, go with that, Brian. And once again, Randy Lee Church Unwind is the background music. Tanya Kay, thank you, and may love enfold you this week and thank always. You. Thank you. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you. As we said before, evil live backwards. Let us come now into a space of feeling life flowing through us easily and effortlessly. Let us choose now to let go of tension, stress, worry and anxiety and let us come back to a natural state of being the experience of life itself let us close our eyes and breathe slowly and deeply and letting ourselves relax and go into the flow. With each inhalation, we breathe in a freshness. As we breathe out, we release tension. We release the past. And we find ourselves the fullness of life. You carry the truth with you wherever you go. And as you choose to help one another, to help your fellow man, find yourself in actions and behaviors that extend life. And in the extension of life, you begin to experience the fullness of the light, the fullness 
of who you really are. And the darkness is shown for what it truly is. Nothing but a misunderstanding of the truth. As we open ourselves up to recognize that we're all connected. That our fellow man is as important in the experience as we are ourselves. That no one soul is greater than another. That we all have our own unique quality and our own unique expression of the same source. We begin to act in ways that are life affirming rather than life destroying. And as we do this, find our own lives and the lives of everyone else becoming to live, becoming more joyous in nature as we begin to experience more freedom. This is a choice we have to make in each heaven by choosing to let go of everything that separates us from our fellow man. We have far more in common with one another than we have differences. And we have all heard it said that what you focus on extends. If you focus on the differences It's like putting on glasses. Only glasses to see the differences. And therefore, the differences rule your life. Rule your And as you choose to change your focus, to redirect your attention, the similarity. You see more and more things that are similar. And you feel a connection with life. Right? Separation. And then the experiences of recognizing your brother your sister as something part of you. These experiences expand and you recognize your connection with everyone. And then your desire to fight again falls away. And your desire to help your fellow man increases. As we make this shift from trying 
to get all that we can to trying to help everyone else get what they need. We will find the no more ravaging the land. We will find that everyone can live a life of luxury, which simply means having all that you need, and therefore able to experience anything that you desire to experience beyond the necessities. Think about what life could be if no one had to worry about food, clothing, or shelter. We would all be able to spend our time constructively working toward making life easier and easier. Instead, as we separate ourselves from our fellow man, we make things harder and harder for ourselves and for everyone else. Let us recognize in this space we are joined and we are one and that light is all there is. Let this space fully dissolve surrounding us with love and truth. And let us now consciously choose to align ourselves with the vibration of light and of love and experience the fullness of being who we really are right here And then let us move into the experience in every moment of our lives. This is the choice that you can make. These are the experiences that you can have to allow yourself into the experience by letting go of fear and conflict and coming in to the fullness of being. So thank you for joining us this morning in this space, on this show, talking about these concepts. All together make the experience of this world, and as we come together, the way we experience each other and the world will grow and grow and grow, and life will become easier, more free-flowing, and more pleasant and experience. It was Gandhi who said that be the change that you wish to see in the world. Let us consciously make the change.
and experience the fullness of life once again. Thank you so much, Brian, and namaste to all of you. Thank you for joining us today to talk about the influence of darkness in our lives and the opportunity we have to choose the light. I encourage everyone to remember you are special in the eyes of God. That's why I like to call God love. Everyone is. There is no one separate from God. You simply need to reach out your hand and take the hand of God. Between now and next week, may each one of you know the joy and peace of recognition that you are uniquely created, divinely inspired. Namaste. Peace be with you all. Namaste. Thank you very Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Tanya, for joining us today. We're off the air now. We're on but not streaming, so those who will listen, we appreciate your time, and we wish you the best of luck with your radio show. Thank you. Let me uh, pay tribute to you really quickly because I know it will go into your archives, Mara and Brian, okay? This is called Infinite Potential, and it's how I feel about all people everywhere. It's on my business cards. My love for you is like the flight of a silver bird on the wings of time going through eternity towards an everlasting golden sunrise. Thank you. Back at you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Back at you. Brian, have a lovely day, and I'll talk to you all later. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.